welcome to our back porch. We hope you th that you know how much we love being here with you on our back porch. And again, as we say often, we pray that there will be something through the Holy Spirit that we speak that would give you a word of encouragement or even take you to a place of healing through the power of the Holy Spirit. As you can see, um, I am sitting here alone today because Tanya is away on her honeymoon. And we are so excited for the ways that God has fulfilled her dream for marriage and for the ways that he has answered so many specific prayers um, for a godly husband. And so we're excited for her. So it'll just be me today. Um, if you've missed a few episodes, then you might not know that we are working our way through the book called The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. And if you've missed those, you could go back and view those episodes on Magnolia's first Facebook page. Or you can listen to those on back Prayer from the Back Porch podcast. So we welcome you to do that. Last week, we talked about how God desires that we would allow him to plant a vision and a dream in our hearts, uh, one that would simply glorify him and then help others to see the power of God and see Jesus in us and bring them to a place of coming to know him. And so this is part of his plan for us. He chose us. He made plans for us. And he wants to stir a dream in us that would bring glory to him and advance his kingdom on earth. So we talked about how we might find ourselves at some point living from a place of memory. And that is a place of just looking back at the things that have taken place in our lives. And as we age, we could easily get stuck in that place. Uh, but we would say to you that um, memory can overtake imagination. And that's not a place where we really want to be. It is really hard to dream when there's no imagination. But with God, imagination can overtake memory. Uh, so let me pray for us before we get started. Father, hear our prayer today for imagination to come together with the Holy Spirit and lead us to dreams that you have for us. Help us not to resist what you want to do in and through us for your glory alone. Father, it is in your name that we pray these things. Amen. <clears throat> so for some of us, logic is the rule of our life. Um, my family laughs at me often because I am a consequential thinker. And what that means is that whatever is happening or is going to happen, I am always working on the most logical way to complete that task. Uh, and I most often let everyone else know how that should happen. <laughs> but for others of you, imagination helps guide you through your day. And what I mean by that is that you're quite happy to be flexible and adventurous and you welcome interruptions that allow God to walk you right into God-sized dreams and divine appointments. That's a beautiful thing. But no matter which side of your brain rules your thinking, God wants to move us all to a place where 
you can imagine with him where you stop and allow your mind to connect with the Holy Spirit without logical restraints, allowing the Lord to plant and stir a God-sized dream in your heart and soul. So I read this in a devotional recently, and I'm just going to ask you to humor me and follow along. I want you to say the word, imagine, out loud. Now say it again, imagine. You see, I do believe that we are still feeling some numbness from these days of pandemic and isolation and our attempts to uh, return to normalcy. And so I want you to say, imagine again, and I, and I want you to ask the Lord to help you feel the meaning of that word. Ask him to revive and awaken your soul so that you can understand what imagine can mean for you and for God's plans for you. Just relaxing, allowing the Lord to uh, revive us and help us understand that. Now, you'll have to just continue going with me here because I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to imagine that the back of your eyelids are a movie screen. And you are waiting for God to run this movie, this imagining, this dreaming of what he has in plans for you. I know it's a little bit awkward and you're probably thinking, what has happened to her? Tanya's gone and she's gone crazy. But Sometimes it just takes a resetting of our minds to just sit and be still and breathe and close our eyes and allow the Lord to speak imagination to, into us. The good news is that Ephesians 3.20 reminds us as we have gone back to that scripture often that God can do immeasurably and infinitely more than we could ever ask or imagine. So he wants to draw us in. So just for a moment, have you ever considered that most of the conveniences of our lives had to begin with a dream? I, we could start with Thomas Edison and the light bulb or Alexander Graham Bell and the telephone, but I'm just going to bring it a bit more personal. <clears throat> and um, let's just consider for a moment the iPhone. I am an iPhone person. I often say, what would I do without my phone? Because you can map yourself anywhere with an iPhone. You can take awesome pictures. Uh, it is taping my video right at this moment. Uh, you can make a playlist of your favorite songs. Um, you can look for a restaurant near you. You can do a lot of things with your iPhone. You can even read your Bible. But I would say that if we trace the iPhone back to where it came from, there's a store that sold it. There's a place that shipped it. There's a plant that built it. There's a person that designed it. And if you follow the trail all the way back, you will find that the iPhone 
was a dream in someone's imagination. See, everything starts with a dream. Every invention ever made, every building ever built, every painting ever painted, every book ever written, every movie ever filmed, they all started with a dream. And the, the legendary filmmaker George Lucas said this, you cannot do it unless you can imagine it. So it's important for us to understand that before we can see a dream on the outside, we have to imagine it on the inside. You know, that little practice of closing your eyes. and We have to imagine it on the inside. We have to let God come in and stir that in us. So over the last month or so, one of our pastors, Jesse Hardy, began to pray for such a dream. He was, he was asking for something that only God could do in the middle of a pandemic that would allow us to see his power and glory. And, and he prayed for that. He sought after that. And so I've asked him today to share his story uh, about this pursuit of a God-sized dream and how that came about. Throughout this time, right, this whole COVID situation, I don't think anyone has been uh, without professional concern or just this sort of upheaval of how you feel and, and productive wise and are you making a difference and are you doing anything of value and how does it all look? And so this season's been no different for me. I just entered into this season of, of prayer for what we could do for Magnolia. I just entered into that personally. And as I began praying for that, I got sick and got really sick. And to the point I thought I maybe had contracted COVID-19. Uh, so one day I stayed home from work. Uh, I had begun praying about what we could do. That day I received just this really odd situation personally that happened that sort of turned my, my life upside down. It was something I never expected and something honestly I didn't think would ever happen to me, but it did. Uh, one of the areas I thought I was really, really good uh, at was called into question and made me question. And so I spent this day home, this day sick, this day not feeling well, uh, trying to figure this out all the while praying, what could I do and what should we do and how do I respond? So it was just this very uh, concerning time for me. That evening, uh, I was sitting on the couch with Rachel and she asked uh, that she had got a text and she said, hey, I have this idea. Uh, this, this person suggested that we do this. It's a huge need. Instantaneously, I knew that was the answer to a prayer that Rachel had no idea I had even been praying. So I said, she said, what do you think? I said, I hate the idea. It's going to be a lot of work. It's an impossible situation, but it's what we need to do. She was a little puzzled and I then explained to her what I had been praying for fervently for the last couple days. It was the answer. It was a feeling that I felt that was as big a confirmation as anything I'd ever felt before. So the next day I brought it up uh, in our staff meeting, everybody got on board. 
we began meeting all the while my personal life in this particular situation began unraveling more and more and more and more. It was out of my control. There was nothing I can do. I was completely distraught, but yet this other thing was moving forward at such a rapid pace and at such an amazing level. I then began to find God began to reveal people and places and things, and we began to put things in order. Things began working, moving, and M1 Student Assist was born. It's a huge program where we decided to take in 100 kids in the flex time between when school was supposed to start and when school would actually start. It was amazing. Things started falling into place. We had 100 kids sign up in a day. We were full, but we didn't have any teachers. One phone call was a yes, nine phone calls were a no for volunteers. It began to be so defeating. It was this pending doom and pressure that I felt. So I just began to pray. I came to an end of myself. I had no answer. I had nothing to do. I had done all that I could do. And I went to Pastor Ed and I went to the other pastors and I went to some other people that I trust to pray. And I asked them, would you please pray? Because this cannot happen unless God does something huge. And he did. A miraculous, huge thing happened. 100 kids showed up on our campus. We had every volunteer we ever needed throughout the whole process. It was an 18-day program, and it wasn't just good. It was miraculously good. Families we never would have reached, we reached. Kids who would never hear the name of Jesus heard the name of Jesus. It was a miracle. It was a miracle in team. It was a miracle in community. It was a miracle in what God can do when we find the end of ourselves, quit working, and start praying. You know what? All my personal stuff, it didn't get resolved. But I was able to look back and see that that was a challenge the enemy brought to stop something that was going to be amazing. What an answer. What a blessing. So thank you for listening, and I hope this encourages you today. So you see... Jesse sought the Lord for a dream, and the dream was revealed. He himself said he wasn't very excited about it. He was excited at the possibilities, a little scared. The dream was not really a clean and convenient dream. It was a God-sized dream, and no one could really know how it was going to come together, what it was going to look like. But Jesse began to call on prayer warriors to pray through for this dream, this God-sized dream. It would take so much to make this happen. He needed us to pray for the, the, the kids that would sign up to be a part of this dream. He needed us to pray for the many volunteers that would be needed to uh, commit to this dream. And for, this, and for the, the much-needed ministry for the families in our community. <clears throat> Afterward, as uh, people shared with me some thoughts that, at, from their experiences, uh, this is what I heard. It was both the hardest and most beautiful thing I have ever done. <clears throat> you see, these volunteers worked very long days assisting students with virtual learning, but they also loved them. They prayed with them. They spoke about the name of Jesus with them. Some of them had not heard that name. Some of them had never been in a church. And so these amazing volunteers came together 
for Jesse's dream and committed to it and made it happen. After all of this was, was ended, we received an email. <clears throat> and this is what it said. M1 student assist was a picture of Jesus making the impossible possible. Those days could not have worked without prayer. At the end, we had students who didn't want to stop coming. And then at the very end, they all went home with new Bibles. For you see, one of our Bible study groups felt God's call to buy Bibles for all 100 children. And then she goes on to say, in fact, I saw a bunch of them reading their Bibles while they were sitting and waiting to be picked up on the last day. Oh my goodness. We are so thankful that God stirred the dream. We're thankful that he showed us all what happens when we dream, when we dream big. He showed us that he can come alongside, he can enable and equip. He was going to make this happen. He showed our church what an amazing thing he could do. He showed our community the love that we have that's planted in our hearts from the Lord. Um, it was an amazing thing. And we give all glory to God. It belongs to him alone. So let me pray. Lord, thank you for stirring this dream in Jesse's heart. Thank you for preparing him by urging him to pray for a way to make a difference. Wow, that is such a simple prayer that we could all be praying. Thank you for the host of volunteers who gave so much to make this dream a reality. They could only serve in your power, Father. Thank you for the ways that the children were loved and that some of them heard about Jesus for the first time. I pray that you would take this dream and use it to change lives. Father, I pray that you would grow the seeds, the many seeds that have been planted, and that you would show us as a church how to continue to serve families in our community. Father, we pray that you would give us new God-sized dreams. May we not back away from that. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus that we pray these things. Amen. So I'd ask you, what dream is stirring inside of you? Mark defines a big dream as something that is bigger than you and beyond your human ability to accomplish. The M1 Student Assist Program that Jesse was speaking of was just that. It was bigger than any human ability could accomplish. So, can you think of a big dream that maybe God has been planting in your heart or stirring in your heart? One that would honor God? One that would be, cl be clearly beyond your ability to accomplish? It might be a dream for yourself or for your family or for your church or for your community. Have you thought about taking the first step toward that dream? And if not, what's keeping you from doing that? In the legend of Honey the Circle Maker that we read in session one of The Circle Maker, Honey drew himself into a circle 
And then he declared that he would not step out of that circle until it rained. Now to the outside observer, there is a fine line between faith and foolishness. In reality, for so many of us, the fear of looking foolish keeps us from taking risk for God. We're all that way. But let's consider these biblical examples of people who risked looking foolish so that they could live out the plan that God had given them. First, Noah built an ark, a huge boat in the middle of the desert. The Israelite army, we've talked about them, marched around Jericho seven days in a row in complete silence, except for the trumpets that blew. David, the young shepherd boy, faced a giant in battle with only a slingshot and, and a pocket full of rocks. And then Peter, he just got out of the boat in the middle of a storm. Can you think of ways that God has called you to take a risk that can make you look foolish? That's so hard. That's so hard. God-sized dreams. When God begins to stir those, they can look impossible. And sometimes to the human eye, they can even look foolish. If Jesse had dismissed the dream based on the seemingly impossible, there would have been no ministry to families and students. It would have never happened. In the book, Mark Batterson makes this statement. Sometimes we reduce God to the size of our worst failures or our greatest fear. I'm going to repeat that. Sometimes we reduce God to the size of our worst failures and our greatest fear. Can you relate to that statement? If our biggest problem is a small view of God, then we need to expand our understanding of who He is and let our dreams grow as our understanding grows. For you see, the size of your prayers depends on the size of your God. And if God knows no limits, then neither should our prayers. As we close, I want to go back and revisit Peter's experience of getting out of the boat. And I'm going to read that part of that experience to you from Matthew 14. It starts with verse 22. And in verse 22, the first words were immediately after this. And the immediately after this was immediately after Jesus had just fed 5,000 plus people miraculously with five loaves of bread and two fish. Can you imagine watching that miracle happen? What a faith builder could that be? So we move on to Matthew chapter 14 and Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. And while he sent the people home, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray, and night fell while he was there alone. But meanwhile, the disciples, they were in trouble, far away from land, for a strong wind had risen over the lake, and they were fighting heavy waves. 
At about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. Don't you wish you could be there? But when they saw him, they were terrified, and they all screamed, It's a ghost. Oh, but to hear Jesus speak at that point. But Jesus spoke to them at once, and he said, Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. I love that. When things are hard, listen for that voice. Call his name, and he will say, Don't be afraid. I'm here. So immediately then, Peter called out to him, and he said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And so Jesus said, yes, come. And Peter, in his impulsive ways, went right over the side of the boat and walked on water toward Jesus. Now, I'm going to finish that there. There are so many truths we could find in this passage, and we know that Peter had a moment where he took his eyes off Jesus, and he began to sink, and his first words were, Jesus, save me. We've all been there. We understand that. But what I really want to focus on today is on the moment when Peter saw the miracle of Jesus walking on the water, and he immediately had enough faith to join him. He spoke faith out loud. He said, if it's you, call me to get out of this boat and come walk on the water to you. And he waited for Jesus to give him the okay. He waited for Jesus to call him out of the boat. So that takes us to our challenge for the week, as we have had each week as we're working through this book, a challenge. And and this one is really about Peter. Like Peter, we need to get out of the boat if we want to experience the miracle. Peter could never have experienced the miracle of walking on water had he not gotten out of the boat. But we also must spend enough time with Jesus so that we can wait for his words to say, okay, come, get out of the boat. See, these dreams we're speaking of are not about ourselves, not about me, and it's not about you. It is all about him. It is all about bringing glory to him through these dreams. So if you jump out of the boat too soon, it will become more about you. So when we first started talking about a dream that God wanted to stir inside you, could you automatically know of something that Jesus has been speaking over and over to you? Did you automatically think of something? A call to get out of the boat? A call to walk toward him in faith alone? Did that come to your mind? And if it did, would you make a decision to draw a prayer circle around that God-sized dream? And then would you invite some friends to come alongside you and pray for that dream and pray for you? You see, when he calls, we take the first step and we get out of the boat and then we wait to see what God does. We saw that in Jesse's story. We saw amazing things happen. Hard and beautiful things. 
So let me pray for us as we close today. Lord, we acknowledge your greatness. We acknowledge your power. We acknowledge that your desire is to complete the work that you began in us, that you planned for us, just as you said to Jeremiah, before you were born, I knew you and I set you apart and I made these plans for you and that's what you have spoken to us. May that work be completed because we open ourselves up to you and allow you to do that. And may we give you all the praise. Father, give us all the courage to risk foolishness just for the sake of praying big prayers and drawing big circles. Give us the courage. We pray for Christ followers to become more aware of your love for them and your plans for them, just as we spoke of. We pray for his church, our church, your church, to dream as big as the God that we worship. We lift up specific prayers for churches across the world we ask, Father, for great provision and for healing. Ignite in us a desire to live out the scripture that says they will know you are Christians. They will know you are Christ followers because of the way you love each other. Ignite that in us, Father. Reignite that in us. Bring us to a place of repentance for the ways that we have hindered your work because we failed to show love and grace. Forgive me, Father, for the ways that I have failed. Lord, together we pray for revival in our land and around the world. And in the name of Jesus, we pray against the enemy who is working so hard to stop us from dreaming and praying and he wants to keep us in the boat because he does not want others to see who you are, to see the glory, to see the power, to come to know that you love them. We pray against the enemy in the name of Jesus. May we seek you, Lord. May we know you. May we grow and mature in union with you. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, may that take place as we mature in you. And we pray all of these things in the glorious and matchless name, the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.